Well, thank you very much. I, I'm glad to be here today, and uh, and I know it's a it's a busy time of year. I from my previous work with Rouge Park, I know what it's like when spring comes around and everyone's getting the campground ready and everyone's scrambling. So so I appreciate you taking the time to, to come out today to uh, to see us. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Friends of the Greenbelt Foundation. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, we are a foundation that was set up by the provincial government in 2005 when the Greenbelt Act and Plan were created, and we were given a 25 million dollar endowment fund at that time and um, and we had a board of directors set up and at that time the board of directors decided to give the foundation a five-year lifespan which uh, was of course to last till 2010 and um, given current economic circumstances we we have no further funding coming from the province so we decided for our, instead of running out to 2010 that we would take our last year worth of money and split it over two years to 2011. So I'm happy to say uh, that the foundation is going to be in place at least till 2011. We don't know what will happen after that, but we've been doing some really great work over the past uh, four years and, and we hope to continue that for the next couple of years. Um, for those of you who are, who are not familiar, this is the general layout of the green belt. Um, uh, we, the green belt is 1.8 million acres, as you may know, and it includes uh, three natural, key natural feature areas. The first being the Niagara Escarpment, the second is the Oak Ridges Moraine, and the third is, is Rouge Park. Um, we have roughly 7,000 farms in the Green Belt, and as you know, we've, we've got a variety of zoning in the Green Belt, but it was intended to be an active landscape, and that is important, I think, for anyone who's operating recreational opportunities within the Green Belt, that uh, although it was created for agricultural and environmental protection, it is meant to be an active landscape and continues to be so to this day. So as I said, we were given the, the mandate and, and, a, and a sum of money to work with community groups and that's what we, part of what we do and that's the program that I actually administer. As a grant program director, we, we provide seed money to a variety of groups um, which are generally charitable organizations, although we have a lot of agricultural grants that uh, are not charitable, but we do provide funding to generally groups. We don't provide funding to individuals or for-profit organizations, so they're not-for-profit groups and charitable organizations. Um, the, we, the, Green Belt was the foundation was established to help the Green Belt continue to be a beneficial, valuable, and permanent feature for the Southern Ontario landscape, and um, all of the work that we've been doing falls under that, that general mandate. And the, the real specific goals that we have are to have a viable agriculture and viticulture um, throughout the Greenbelt to encourage vibrant rural communities and to make links between rural communities and the urban communities that surround the Greenbelt and also to protect and restore and enhance the natural environment. So one of the things that we try to track at the foundation is people's recognition and awareness and support of the Green Belt. And uh, we, we actually have uh, promotional campaigns and we had one just earlier this year around January, February to, to uh, help people understand more about the Green Belt and keep it top of mind. Um, as you're aware, recently, at least before this, the recent economic turmoil, environment was very high and people's uh, uh, on the radar. And so um, we were also happy to see when we had some recent polling done by Enveronics that um, the Green Belt uh, had a, a really high unaided awareness recognition number. So we have a lot of people who are, who are recognizing the Green Belt as primary amongst the environmental initiatives that are happening in the province of Ontario, particularly southern Ontario. We have, we're happy to say that we still have high support from people for the Green Belt. Um, we actually had about 93% uh, support for the Green Belt when people were asked. 
And one of the things that we were quite proud of is that the, a lot of people uh, identified the Green Belt as one of the most important contributions for future generations that, that the province has made since, um, since 2005. So there are basically three program areas that we have at the foundation. Uh, as, as I said, I work with, for the grants program. We also have a um, policy and research program, and we do a lot of communications, which is where a lot of our awareness and, um, and uh, promotional and educational work uh, falls under. One of the things that we do for communications is actually, and you may have seen them up throughout the Green Belt, both on the uh, 400 series highways and some of the provincial roads, and now working through the regional and, and municipal roads, we have signs indicating to people whether they're in the Green Belt, um, and if they're in a specific area of the Green Belt. This one's just general Green Belt, but we also have the ones that say you're entering Niagara Scarpment area of the Green Belt or the Oak Ridges Moraine area of the Green Belt, so that people actually have that awareness on the ground and can identify whether they live in the Green Belt or passing through or visiting the Green Belt. Um, we also work a lot with media. We have a, a few events that we usually work to, to gain media attention for the Green Belt, and we work with all of our grantees so that when they're doing work in their own uh, local areas, they're actually also promoting their projects as being part of the good work that's done to preserve and protect the Green Belt. Um, these are samples from our recent uh, promotional campaign, and uh, I didn't think I'd have time to show you the videos today, but they're actually quite good. We've had, we tried to pick the people who were doing actually exciting things that are in the green belt and use them to show the possibilities that grow in the green belt, and that's really our new tagline, is the possibility grows here. And um, we have had, we profiled um, a chef uh, uh, who worked with local food. We profiled a farmer, who you'll see Jason Verkike on the right there, with his, uh, he's from the Holland Marsh area. Um, Justin LaFontaine is actually doing a really interesting tourism initiative that I'll talk to you a little bit to, uh, about later on, where they have, I don't know if anyone's heard of the Toronto Niagara bike train. Has anyone heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's where, it's a, it's a good way for us to have uh, sustainable tourism, and it takes really essentially people from Toronto Union Station out to Niagara area so that they can have bike tours in that area, and it really helps, like you actually, it's, it's pretty much a turnkey activity and they, they help you by loading up your bike on the via rail train and, um, and unloading at the other end and they run on weekends throughout the summer and I think their season is just about to start. It's quite a nice activity. And the other person that we talked with was Gail Kransberg, who's a professor who deals with hydrological and water resources. And um, basically, we wanted to show that these are some of the people who are the faces of the Green Belt and, and doing a diversity of things throughout the Green Belt. Um, other tourism-related work that we've done was focused on a couple of guides. One of them was the Greenbelt Walks Guide. I don't know if anyone has seen them or maybe distributed them through your campground, but they were showing the regional hiking trails that were throughout the Greenbelt, and we're really fortunate that we actually have some quite nice ones. Um, the Bruce Trail, the Waterfront Trail goes through there, and the Oak Ridges Moraine Trail. So we worked actually in partnership with uh, the LCBO stores to distribute those, and they were a sponsor of the, of the walks. And um, they, were, they distributed about almost a million copies, really. They, these were about a couple of years ago. They, they also distributed them through our outreach program, which we had, where we had summer students go out and they went to festivals and other events throughout the throughout the entire Green Belt, actually, to talk to people about the Green Belt, answer questions, help with spreading uh, materials and, and, and just news about the Green Belt. 
And most recently, last fall, we started a really exciting initiative called our Tour de Greenbelt, which um, we're, was so successful, we're actually going to be running it again this year. And it was essentially a bike festival. Now, unlike the Tour de France, even despite the name, it is not a race. It's meant to be a family-oriented bike event and what we call it is a fresh air festival on wheels and um, we had it in a couple of different areas. We had a York region one that was sort of new market up to Lake Simcoe. We had one in the eastern uh, central Greenbelt which was in the Rouge Rouge Park, Rouge Valley area, so Scarborough and Markham. And then we had another um, section of the tour that went in the Niagara area. And basically, it's it's meant to be um, a tour that is suitable for people at all skill levels and, and ages. And we had everybody from, we had a 19-year-old guy on a unicycle <laughs> completing one section to families with kids in the, in the, you know, with the toddler trailers and so on like that. So it was really a great event. Um, at that point, it, it really is a day-long event. So, uh, uh, I think other than, I don't think they had any camping arrangements for, for any of the, uh, the tour last year, but um, this year they actually are changing the route, so we'll have a little bit longer options and more challenging options, and also doing things like linking it with local events. In Newmarket, they're going to be linking it to the local farmers' uh, market so that people will start and end at that market to help uh, link, make the links between their visit and the tourist activities and local food. And, um, and last year, actually, we, they had a really nice day where they ended at, at Frog Pond Farm Winery, which is an organic winery in the Niagara region. And uh, it, it just turned out to be a phenomenal event with, with a huge response. They, they were actually more successful than they expected to be. And so I'm really happy to hear that they're going to be, we're going to be running that event again um, in fall 2008. Did anyone participate or know about the Tour de Greenbelt previously? Like I might be telling you something you've already known or was your facility linked to it in any way? Um, is there anyone here who's from sort of the Lake Simcoe area? Yeah, okay. And there's, is there anyone here who's from Niagara or Eastern Markham Scarborough kind of areas? No? Scarborough, okay, yeah. So, and, and I know that originally they were going to be filtering people to, to camp at, at the Glen Rouge campground who were participating in the program, which is actually the campground of the park that I used to work at in Rouge Park, but they're in, they're in Scarborough. So um, they, they had thousands of people participate and as I said, a variety of ages and, and skill levels. And, um, and it's, it's great that we hope to see this be a long-term event over the, over the, uh, in the future. So uh, the program that I administer is, is really for grants. And as I said, we were given some funding by the provincial government at the beginning. And we take a small portion of that for our operations. And the majority of what we use is actually for the grants program. Um, we, since, since we started the granting work in 2006, um, we've had almost $100 million worth of requests. We try to fund as many of those as we can, which meet our priorities. And uh, we've given out about $12.3 million in grants to date. Um, we actually have a grant process that's happening right now where we have had, I think we had 56 applications um, with almost, I, I think it's um, $50 million or something like that requested. And out of that, we're looking, we, we, um, we are, we've taken... Uh, 17 full proposals. So generally what we have is that people, uh, groups apply to us who, through a letter of inquiry process, which is a short uh, project concept and, and general budget, and from there we, we request groups to have full proposals for those for those activities which we feel meet our priorities and mandate. And after that, then as you can see, um, the, the projects are reviewed by staff to make sure they're complete, which is part of my job. And then they go through a, a, a committee 
to um, vet them, which is generally a committee of experts, and often if we need to have more technical information, we bring in some outside help. And after that, the committee makes recommendations to our board of directors, who are the ones who approve the final grant. So, for instance, um, the individual campgrounds would not necessarily qualify unless you were a registered Canadian charity, but an association of campgrounds may qualify for funding for a certain project. And we've provided funding. The majority of our funding has actually gone to agricultural and environmentally oriented groups. However, we have had a few grants that were, um, that were uh, dealing with recreational opportunities. So what we've seen a lot of the trend now has been towards a lot of the, the, the Big interest in local food has resulted in a lot of groups that are working on culinary tourism and agritourism, and we've provided some funding for groups that were doing that. Um, one of them is it was a partnership between Brock University and the Niagara Economic Development Corporation, where they developed the Niagara Greenbelt Discovery Routes, which is an interactive website where people can es essentially choose your own adventure. And they're going to be launching that, I think, um, probably this month or in June. So there, there's a website where people can pick, an, uh, pick their routes by um, culinary tourism, by recreation, by a variety of different uh, themed activities, and then it will help you by showing a GIS version of the route, and you can actually also download some of the information. I haven't tried the, this technical stuff yet, but you can download it to Blackberries or um, information to an iPod, and then take it with you on the route. So it's actually quite an innovative way of... of looking at new tourist opportunities in Niagara. They wanted to increase the length of time that people spend the Niagara region, as well as the variety of activities that, that um, people do when they arrive there. We have provided funding for the Saver Durham Tour, which was put together by Durham Farm Fresh, and these are largely involving on-farm uh, markets, so people could participate by going around to visit a lot of these on-farm markets, and they involved also a culinary tourism experience, so often there'll be cooking and recipes involved. And, um, and we've worked a lot with a group called Environment Hamilton, who's been doing a couple of things. One of them is Farm Fresh Hamilton, so it's again the visiting of on-farm markets throughout uh, their area, as well as compiling an Eat Local Hamilton map, which um, details a lot of the on-farm markets. Other to go for people who are interested in, in culinary tourism, as well as restaurants and, um, and stores and things in the Hamilton area, which sell a lot of local food. And um, on a, so away from the culinary tourism, but more on a regional tourism perspective, we've, we, we again, like I said, we've, we've sponsored the, um, the Greenbelt Express or the Toronto-Niagara bike train, and uh, which <clears throat> is really, is, I think this will be their third year running, and, um, and I think they've expanded the route since they started in 2000. Six, and uh, and have really seen their their participation, uh, the visitors through that program improve over the past few years. And another one that was for the Caledon, Orangeville, Dufferin area. Is anyone from that area? The Hills of Headwaters is what they're branding themselves as. No, um, they were doing a marketing and visitor camp, uh, visitor visitor services campaign to to improve the the branding of the Hills of Headwaters as a coordinated regional approach, as well as. Um, 
trying to improve the visitor services, to have a visitor information center, to have more maps and brochures and things like that for, for people coming to that area. So those are some of the more recreation-oriented grants that we have provided funding for. But as I said, the majority of grants that have come to us so far have really been for agriculture and environment. Um, and, and it's also a matter of just do people in different areas or different uh, fields know about the fact that we have a grant program and actually apply to us. So sometimes it's not necessarily just a reflection of our own priorities at the foundation, but the, the word getting out to groups that, that may not have thought to apply to us for funding or to work with us cooperatively on other projects. Um, through the, through the outside of the grants program, through our communications program, we've also over the years funded a variety of um, festivals throughout the Green Belt. They could be arts festivals or kids festivals or other, um, you know, local community group kind of events. And, and as I said, we in the past have had outreach staff that have participated in a lot of those festivals to spread the word about the Green Belt. Um, one of the other things that we've produced, which has been quite a big hit, is the My Local Greenbelt Guide. I don't know if anyone has had uh, seen copies of that. Actually, I should have brought some copies today, but we had about 200,000 of them printed a couple of years ago. And they list a variety of, as again, on-farm markets, farmers markets, and other sort of venues throughout the Greenbelt where people can experience either agriculture, um, local food. Um, I think there is some recreation in there, too. Uh, they were distributed with Toronto Life, so we had a really good partnership for that. We often try to find a private sector partner or something like the LCBO to help us that we know has a large volume of people so that we can reach out to people um, effectively and efficiently. And, um, and we also sent these around to, to politicians, to uh, restaurants, tourism agencies, and a variety of other groups. Usually all of our farmers markets throughout the Greenbelt carry, carried them in the past, and um, uh, even some school groups and things like that were looking for that kind of information. One more recent and a smaller scale uh, project that we worked on, which was quite interesting, was we have partnered with Toronto Environmental Alliance to produce um, guides to locally grown ethnic food. And there has been a large interest in that, particularly from the major um, ethnic groups in, in Toronto. We produced the first two were, as you can see, are a Chinese and a South Asian. And they basically show, show local stores and, again, uh, farmers markets and on-farm markets in, in the area. Now, these were geared towards Toronto residents because that was a group that cooperated with us. We're hoping to spread this throughout the Greenbelt. And we also have two more that we have uh, developed and we're looking to print, which is geared towards the Middle Eastern community and the Afro-Caribbean community, so that it looks at the kinds of uh, largely produce that is popular in their traditional diets, and then works uh, to find that in food that's locally grown, because actually quite a bit, quite a bit of it is, and, and find the sources for that, so that people are encouraged to eat healthy, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables that are grown in the green belt and, uh, and serving our, our local urban populations. Um, we have done quite a bit of work in, in our applied research and policy program, and um, there are three, I guess, major things that are probably worth uh, touching on for, for you. One of them is we actually did a study of international green belts. As you may know, there are, there are, there are actually two in Ontario, and we're the bigger one. <laughs> There's another one that's in the Ottawa area. And, um, and they cooperated, again, with, uh, with the Canadian Institute for Law and Policy, so CLAP, a, a couple of years ago. And, and the findings from that were that... So we looked at green belts um, largely in Europe, the United States, um, Canada, and I can't remember if there were any that were in Asian countries, but um, I remember those ones in particular 
particular, and that, and that we found that the Ontario Greenbelt is, as we say, positioned to be the most successful and most useful greenbelt in the world. So that's something that we're quite proud of. And again, it is meant to be useful. It's meant to be an active working landscape so that it's not something that is somewhat like a, a park that is preserved where there's like a no-touch policy. We do expect that there will be recreation, there will be a use for people who live in the urban areas neighboring the Greenbelt to come out to the Greenbelt to eat food that comes from the Greenbelt, to have recreational opportunities in the Greenbelt, to enjoy the natural environment in the Greenbelt, and to have those ecological goods and services that come from the Greenbelt. And that is another one of the projects that we worked on with the David Suzuki Foundation to do essentially a quantification of the value of those ecological goods and services in the Greenbelt outside of recreational opportunities but for these as environmental services themselves and um we found that the, the, the Greenbelt contributes about 2.6 billion worth of these non-market ecological goods and services per year and um so th that's outside of its agricultural or recreational values and the other thing that we've been working on quite a bit is really fostering farmers markets in the Greenbelt and um as, again as I said with this the surge in interest in local food, we're happy to report we actually had a meeting with a lot of farmers market coordinators recently, about two weeks ago, and all of them have said that 2008 was a great season for them. They've seen a real surge in interest and participation and buying at farmers markets over the past few years. So we have, um, we have tried to provide support, both financial and through sort of infrastructure things, to farmers markets that serve the Greenbelt. Some of them are in the Greenbelt, and others are, of course, in the urban areas that um, surround the Greenbelt. And um, and so we've tried to provide them with some things that were in kind support, like tents and bags and things to serve them on a day-to-day -day basis and serve their customers. And then we're looking at this year uh, starting a program where we work with a coordinator from a community group to help co uh, coordinate issues for farmers markets. Some of them have issues wrangling with their municipality. Others have issues just having the expertise to be able to run an effective farmers market. And so we really look at them as being a good outlet where farmers can sell directly to consumers and therefore supporting farmers that are in the green belt. So uh, we've actually had quite a bit of success with that and we hope that will continue in the future. Um, one of the things that we've taken on as a program at the Foundation for the Shorter Term has been to try to encourage local food procurement and really greenbelt-grown food procurement through major institutions. We've been working with a couple of groups to do this. One of them is a grantee of ours called Local Food Plus, who certifies farmers and and um, and other producers like cheesemakers and so on as local sustainable uh, producers. And and um, others are groups that are trying to get procurement into things like a school board. Another group is EcoSource, which we have been working in Peel Region. They've been working with Brampton and Mississauga schools to try to have them procure local food. So we're looking at these institutional buyers as being a way to have uh, a secure market for a lot of greenbelt farmers so that they can sell large quantities to um, to institutions and including so I've been mentioning school boards but we're also talking about in some cases universities such as University of Toronto which has signed on to have um, a certain percentage of their food come from local production as well as municipalities the city of Toronto signed on with that last year the town of Markham has um, actually did that in 2008 I think as well and um, and then we're looking to expand this into other areas like for instance Hamilton and Niagara, and hopefully York Region, so that the, these are all trying to open up markets for Greenbelt farmers. So we ourselves have been working with a variety of different groups and trying to establish and, and looking at also international research because in, a, in many areas such as the UK and the United States, they've actually been working to, 
to do these sorts of things already and encourage more local food um, consumption by uh, by institutions and, and municipalities and other governments. So we are actually trying to create, first of all, a database of Greenbelt farmers because we get those questions all the time. People call us asking, you know, where can I buy everything from potatoes to strawberries to um, cheese and meats. Uh, and with this database of farmers, this will also then be available for institutions who are actually looking to purchase and just have we have that that gap happening at the moment so we want to make that link and bridge bridge um, bridge that gap um, so and and we've actually been also trying to advocate for that at the provincial level because it would of course be much easier if the was to say um, that this is something that school boards should do. And we were really happy to see recently the province made an announcement that there would be something, I think, like $24 million over the next three years to help municipalities, schools, hospitals, and other institutions to encourage them to put in place um, structures and features that would help them uh, consume more local food. Uh, so that's, as I said, we are going to have this growers database where we'll have um, people be able to search by area and by what uh, farmers are growing in order to be able to contact them and and, uh, and purchase from them, essentially. We really want to see Greenbelt farmers be able to have viable markets throughout the Greenbelt. And I think that's it for me. <laughs> Thank you.